Hey guys, welcome back to the Authentic Uma podcast. I'm so excited to be on here today as always. And today's podcast is a quick podcast and we'll be talking about the prostration in our salah. So guys, let's get straight into it. So first of all, the word prostration, if you translate it into Arabic, it means sujood. And I remember back in my days at madrasa when, you know, I was like any other kid Whenever I come back from school, I'd have lunch and then I'd get dressed, get ready, make the wudu and then go to the madrasa. That is how it works around here in my community. And I'm sure maybe that's also what you did and how you were growing up learning about Islam and going to madrasa or the Islamic school. Now we were never ever taught at madrasa what sujood meant in English. All I knew was that it means when a guy is on the floor. And that was kind of my go-to meaning. Whenever someone said sujood or sajda, the go-to picture in my head was just some random guy and he's kind of, you know, submitting his whole self to this action. But little did I know that sujood actually is a much deeper meaning because in sujood there are so many little things which you are doing such as reciting beautiful words, making sure that your body position is in the correct places making sure you're at ease in your heart and your mind, making sure your body is also in a state of calmness. Right? These are all things which we do in the sujood. But at the time of madrasa, we weren't really taught about the sujood in great detail. But today I know that there's a lot more to what is sujood and what is prostration. So let's look at the adhkar. So we were taught that the only thing you could say in the sujood was subhana rabbi al-a'la. And that translation we were never taught in madrasa and I never knew what that meant. Now I had a problem with my teachers at madrasa, my molanas, and that eventually led me on to having a bad relationship with them and then eventually dropping out. And so only a few years after dropping out and me doing research about what Islam was, what religion meant, only after doing all that research did I find out that Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la, what it means in English is glory be to Allah the Most High or glory be to my Lord the Most High. Now we weren't taught this but the point which I now realize is that we as Muslims we perform this action and whilst doing that action the highest part of our body that is our forehead is on the lowest part of our body that is the floor the feet right where our feet are and so Later on only did I realize the significance of what we are saying. We get into this position with our forehead on the ground and what we are saying is glory be to our Lord who is the most high. So the part which really really amazed me was when I realized that huh, we are on the lowest part of the ground, right? Our whole body is in the submissive state and then what we are saying is glory be to our Lord who is the most high, meaning he's all the way up there in terms of status, right? Because he's the creator, right? We cannot compare anything to him in this world. And we say that he's the most high whilst we are at the lowest point. Can there be anyone who's more humble than a person who's doing that move? Obviously not and I've never ever met somebody who would do that, right? Somebody who's a good worshipper, who believes in God, I've never seen anybody do that. You won't find this in any other religion either. In Christianity, you won't find it. In Buddhism, you won't find it. In Hinduism, you won't find it. We put our highest part of our body, forehead, onto the lowest part of the ground and we recite the words glory be to Allah the most high. 
So guys, that was kind of how I started to learn more about what the prostration was and what the sujood was. I didn't learn it at madrasa and I'm sure you also haven't learned it from your madrasa. And I did not learn this even from my parents. They also, you know, just follow for the sake of following. But I didn't like that. I like to follow and understand why we did that specific thing, why we said those specific words. And so only after doing that did I realize how great it was to be in that position and to perform that position every single day in our lives in the five daily prayers. Another thing I want to talk about is how do we keep our feet and our hands? Because this was not something which we were really taught in depth at Madrasa. But after doing my research and, you know, studying and finding out who's got the answers, I found out that our hands, they are meant to be fingers close together, pointing straight forward, that is to the Qibla, and our palms on the ground, firm. And our arms and our elbows should be raised up from the ground. They should not be touching the ground. They should be raised up from the ground and also away from our bodies. So just to imagine it, it's you taking up a lot of open room and a lot of space. And you're doing this so that each part of your arms and your foreheads, it's kind of resting on its own and not resting on each other. So when it comes to our feet, we're meant to put our heels together and our feet upright with our toes pointing forward. Now, I know that whenever you're doing that, it's hardly ever that you're going to be able to put all of your toes pointing forward. Certainly, I have that problem and I'm sure majority, like 99, close to 100% of people who in that position, they cannot put all their toes facing forward. But you should try as much as possible to make sure all your toes are on the ground. And obviously, it's it's not 100% possible for everybody. Like for me, for example, I probably have like three toes facing forward. And then the other two toes are up in the air, right? Because they're, they're the small toes. So that's basically how the legs should be looking and how the feet should be pointing. So you can imagine bringing both your feet close together. Now, we weren't taught of this at Madrasa. And when I first learned about it, when I first heard of it, and I learned it from Sheikh Albani's book, May Allah Have Mercy on Him, The Prophet's Prayer Described from Beginning to End as Though You See It, I got it from his book. When I read that, I was so amazed. I was so bedazzled by it because nobody around me ever did it that way. And nobody ever had taught me that that's the correct way to do it. Now, obviously, Albani's book is a bit different to the other books out there because it contains uh, references for whatever rulings are in that book. And so that's for our feet. Now, coming to when we're going into the prostration, like, for example, if we're coming back up from Samiyallahul Mahamidah in the standing position and we say takbir to go back into the prostration, what we're meant to do is put our hands to hit the floor first before we hit our knees. So when I first learned about that, I was again surprised because nobody around me had taught me that way and nobody around me had, you know, done it that way. So when I first heard of it and when I first tried to do it, obviously it was a bit weird for me. Because I had spent the first few years of my life just putting my knees down first and then putting my hands down. But when I realized that the Prophet peace be upon him had first put his hands down first and then his knees, obviously transforming and transitioning into that, it was a lot difficult. But then over time, you know, sometimes I used to fall, I used to trip over and... 
as you keep on doing it, you get the hang of it. And then eventually, like today, Alhamdulillah, I'm able to do that. Like putting your hands down first before your knees. Very, very crucial. Very, very important. It's not something which is taught by your everyday Mulana or your Sheikh or your Imam. It's, it's really not. Because unfortunately, most people don't do their research. And most Imams and teachers of Islam... That includes your parents. You know, they've not done their research. They haven't found out about this stuff. But I strongly urge you to check this all up yourself. Go and read the Hadith books. When somebody says that this is the way to do it, go and check it up. So likewise, when I'm telling you to do something, you should also go and check this stuff up. Don't just take my word for it. Whenever you're doing a worship in your religion, never say, I do it this way because this Imam says so, because this guy says so. You want to be able to say to yourself, I do it this way, I worship this way because this is how the Prophet did it, peace be upon him. And when you do that, you begin to see that you do worship for none but Allah because now you're doing it because this is what the Prophet brought, peace be upon him. And this is what was instructed by Allah through his messenger, peace be upon him. And so that's kind of why I tell a lot of people to go and check things up yourself. Don't take it from me. Don't take it from anybody. Take it because the Prophet said so, peace be upon him. Another thing I want to cover in this episode is that when you are prostrating, you can say any supplication which you like. Okay guys, we weren't taught this in Madrasa. I just thought supplication meant when you're down there, you just say Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la three times and then you get up. But that's not true. You can say Subhan Rabbi Al-A'la for more than three times. And what I've read is that it's better to do it in an odd number. But you can say it as many times as you want. And besides that, you can also say any other dua you like. So for example, another popular dua is that is another popular dua, which means, O oh Allah, O oh my Lord, give me the good in this world and the good in the hereafter. So that's a great dua. It's a very concise dua and it's a good dua and it's a good supplication which was taught to us. Obviously, this dua is directly in the Quran. Okay, if you guys don't know that, you need to go to the Quran and read it in English and then go and find that dua. Okay, I challenge you. That's a cool challenge which I want to give you guys right now. That go and find where does Allah say that specific supplication in the Quran? Which chapter does he say that? That's a great challenge I think you guys should do right now. But anyway, so in our sujood, we can say any supplication which we like. Now, I was not taught this at Madrasa. They didn't teach me that in our prostration, in our sujood, we could recite any dua and ask Allah for anything. They did not tell me that. And a few years after learning about it, it really drove my mind crazy that the Molanas, they didn't teach me this. The Imams, they didn't teach me this. My parents didn't teach me this because these guys don't know. And you have to be a bit more knowledgeable about your religion. You have to go and actively find out what your religion speaks of and go to the sources. Don't go to the worshippers or the followers. Go to the sources because the beauty of Islam, the beauty of any religion is in the sources. And... If you look at majority of the other religions at their sources, they all mention about the worshipping of one true God. They all mention about the coming of a prophet, peace be upon him, a last and final messenger, peace be upon him. 
but that requires a lot of discussion and we can do that perhaps in another episode in the future. But what I want you guys to know is that when you're in sujood, you can say any supplication you want. And I urge you to go and find authentic supplications from the Hadith books, from the Quran. There are so many supplications you can use and we've been taught all these supplications by Allah and His Messenger, peace be upon Him. So with that being said guys, that's the end of this episode and I'll talk with you guys in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.